Good afternoon, I'm Tom Robinson with KSOM and KS95 News. The Red Oak Police Department arrested 53-year-old Joshua Normal Fuller of Lincoln, Nebraska on Thursday on a Department of Criminal Investigation warrant for two counts of assault on persons at certain occupations and on a charge of attempted murder of a peace officer. Fuller is held today on $100,000 cash bond at the Montgomery County Jail. The warrant stems from an incident on November 19th when a Red Oak police officer contacted a male subject outside a residence at 310 Broad Avenue in Red Oak. The officer investigated the driver for operating a vehicle without a valid driver's license. And after a physical struggle with the officer, the subject was able to get away and made entry to his car. In doing so, the subject, in a reckless manner, drove towards the officer. The officer fired his weapon, striking the subject, causing a serious but non-life-threatening injury. The subject was taken by ambulance to the University of Nebraska Medical Center in Omaha, Nebraska for medical treatment for his injury. Glenwood Police Department reports three arrests. Raymond Price, 59, of Missouri Valley, was arrested today for possession of a controlled substance and possession of drug paraphernalia. Bond was set at $1,300 cash or surety. Brittany Baker, 35, of Glenwood, was arrested Wednesday for driving under suspension. Baker posted the $300 cash or surety bond. And Crystal Rowland, 42, of Glenwood, was arrested Wednesday on a Mills County warrant for failure to appear. Bond was set at $2,000 cash. Red Oak Police arrested 53-year-old Joshua Norman Fuller of Red Oak on an active Red Oak Police Department warrant for a controlled substance violation and failure to affix a drug tax stamp. He was taken to the Montgomery County Jail. Two people arrested on warrants in Mills County. The Mills County Sheriff's Office arrested 43-year-old Rennie Lynn Adams of Hastings on December 19th on a warrant for failure to appear. Bond was set at 1000 And Joshua Dean Cooney, 39, of Villisca, was arrested December 19th on a warrant for violation of probation. Bond was set at $10,000. Well, the 2023 Angel of Christmas Award was presented to Dr. Ken Burkhart and Sharon Sandhorst at the Atlantic Food Pantry this morning. Mandy Billings has this report. The Angel of Christmas Award recognizes area residents who symbolize the true meaning of the season. Angels exemplify the true holiday spirit all year long, putting others first, spreading generosity, and sharing the holiday spirit with everyone they meet. Cast Health CEO Brett Altman presented the award this morning. Although everyone that volunteers at the food pantry is an angel, and yeah. we just want to recognize your selfless acts, your kindness and compassion. And Dr. Burkhart, you've been a physician, you went to medical school, and I have a sense that this is as much a purposeful, worthwhile work as, yeah. as being a physician to patients yeah. was. So uh, we just really appreciate your kindness, your compassion, uh, your willingness to help other people. Uh, day in and day out, and giving of your time and yourself. So, uh, congratulations, <laughs> our 2023 Angels of No. Dr. Ken Burkhart and Sharon Sandhorst were nominated by Barbara Lytle. You can read her full nomination on this story on our website at westerniowatoday.com. I'm Andy Bellings reporting. Ottawa County Board of Supervisors is working on a way to help the city of Exire with a match for a surface transportation block grant. Exire City Clerk Megan Anderson appeared at the supervisors meeting on Tuesday to discuss the grant she's applying for through Region 12 to resurface Washington Street through Exira. Ottawa County Supervisor Chairman Doug Sorensen says this happens to be a farm to market road. You know, Exira has a $7 million um, sewer project going on simultaneously, so they're a little trying to watch their cash. And 
so she was wondering if the county would help, and it also helps on these grant applications if you have a co-sponsor. So she was wondering if she could we could partner with the county and propose that. And uh, the 20% share that she was asking us to help on, it would be 138000 Sorensen says counties normally do not spend county money on city streets. However, he says this is a grant application on a farm-to-market road. And to get it done, you know, when you talk about a half-a-million-dollar project um, getting done that otherwise might not get done, um, I said, you know, this bears really bears us breaking with the Norman and helping out, out Xyra and getting this thing done. Good for the county, good for Xyra. Um, and good, to, good for our farm north. Sorensen says the other supervisors agreed to fund 138000 the budget, to help with this 20% match for this road project in Exira. The Exira EHK School District is in the early planning stage of a proposed renovation project to partner with the community on the school's weight room. In June, Tom Benton and Travis Nelson shared drawings to renovate and expand the weight room to create a public space. The idea was revisited at Tuesday's board meeting. School Superintendent Trevor Miller says this discussion started two years ago. Um, we're trying to figure out a way that we can partner with the community uh, to make it like a community uh, weight room. Uh, so we're trying to you know what's that look like for liability, who's in charge of cost. Um, since, it, since our weight room is a separate building, they wouldn't be have access into the school buildings at all. So it's just how can we improve it and what's it look like. Miller says this is an excellent opportunity because many small communities do not have a weight room or a fitness center. Atlantic City Administrator John Lund says it's been a whirlwind of economic activity this past month after 10 years of relative quiet. Lund says everything seems to be happening all at once and plans to schedule a city council workshop in January to address a few things. I really do think 2024, if things kind of all line could be one of the biggest years when it comes to development and change in Atlantic, probably since we built the Y all those years ago. Um, I mean, first and foremost, Vision Atlantic is working on housing, the YMCA, and childcare as one big package. That alone would probably constitute the biggest um, development in this community uh, since at least the 80s. Lund says there are three different clusters of needed commercial development. He says the city continues to work with Retail Coach, but a decision will have to be made on whether or not to pursue that contract. We also have a number of businesses that are in need of uh, land for expansion. Um, so taking that into account um, and trying to identify properties suitable for that. And then um, kind of my uh, vision for a restaurant district um, uh, in town, and we're working on renderings for that. Lund says the Splash Pad Committee has been diligently working on that project and is on its way to completion next year. Lund says the Atlantic Public Library is doing a second floor interior update. He says additional code enforcement is coming on board. He said there's a lot of potential for the city in 2024. Atlantic Mayor Grace Garrett recognized three outgoing city council members and presented the oath of office to three new members and two members who were re-elected to their respective seats. The city department heads started the meeting by introducing themselves to the new council members, Emily Kennedy, 1st Ward, Mike McDermott, 3rd Ward, and Sean Sarsfield, 4th Ward. Mayor Garrett followed up the introductions by honoring outgoing council members Lee Sisko and 2nd Ward and 4th Ward council member Linda Hartkoff for their faithful service to the city of Atlantic. We have been blessed with some good folks to serve alongside and I have had a very supportive council since I took my role as mayor. 
and I, I want you to know, Lee, how much I appreciate your expertise, how much you brought to the table. Lee was a retired state trooper with the state of California, and Lee brought a lot to the table, and he served on our committees well. And I just want to personally tell you, I am going to miss you, but I hope that you're not too far away. Lee Sisko says serving on the council has been an education. I think if anybody's in the community, uh, they really ought to think about it because there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that I don't think the community completely understands what it takes to get a simple crosswalk done. I mean, there's a lot of cogs in the wheel that have to turn and turn properly. And I think the more involvement we get from the community, the better off we are. Mayor Garrett recognized Linda Hartkopf for her 16 years of service on the city council. She has truly given some years to serving her community, and she's done it well. Um, I, I don't know where things might lead you, Linda, but I know that you will progress in being a part of our community, and I appreciate that. And, and Linda was Mayor Pro Tem this past year, two years with me, and um, I, would, I would say to her, I'm going to be gone this weekend or something, and she was always right there um, willing to serve. So thank you, and I really appreciate that. You're welcome. Thank Linda Hartkoff says she enjoyed serving the community. She admitted she did not know what she was in for when elected the first time as a write-in candidate. I wasn't expecting it, but I said when I first ran that I would listen to the clients, the people who contacted me about an issue, and then vote the way they wanted to. And I have tried to remain true to that. If you contacted me about something and talked to me about something, I tried to vote the way the majority of those of you who contacted me wanted me to do. So I appreciated the community. I learned a lot, too. There's still lots to learn. If I would be on the council, as it's a continual learning experience. But I've enjoyed it, and thank you to everybody who's been a part of my life in that time. Outgoing third ward councilman Pat McCurdy was not at the meeting on Wednesday. And Mayor Garrett followed up the swearing-in of the three new council members and veteran members re-elected to office, Elaine Adi and Jim Behrens. Adair County Board of Supervisors on Tuesday denied a couple of funding requests. The first funding request was from the Stewart Meal Site. I looked at that meal site. It's at the Methodist Church in Stewart. It's in Gethard County. I'm not, I'm not for funding anything at it. If they we don't need fund to, any other ones in any particular special way. Well, and they need to go to they need to go to Guthrie County to get their funding, and that's and the meals and stuff are all federal funded. So I make a motion to deny the request. Adair County Auditor Mandy Berg explained the funding request for the FFA Safety Initiative. Liz Barbara had contacted me, and she sent over this email. They're doing Norway Valley FFA is conducting a safety initiative for kids in Greenfield. This um, involves the whole community and is made possible from from help of local supporters. Investment is $16 per child, and they're asking us to fund for 10 kids, so $160. Again, both funding requests were denied. More news on the website at westerniowatoday.com. I'm Tom Robinson. Have a great afternoon.